Good morning, and welcome to worship. Today we think about the impact that the mercy of our God has on us, not just in terms of our eternity, a promised heaven, but also in terms of how we live here and now. While we wait for our Savior to return, we're called on to live our lives in faithful service. Reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, these words will also serve as our sermon text this morning. Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your appropriate worship. Also, do not continue to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you test and approve what is the will of God, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. So, by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think in a way that results in sound judgment, as God distributed a measure of faith to each of you. For we have many members in one body, and not all the members have the same function. In the same way, though we are many, we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. If the gift is prophecy, do it in complete agreement with the faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then encourage. If it is contributing, be generous. If it is leadership, be diligent. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock and our Redeemer. Lord, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, dear friends, some years ago, people would often see an old man walking along the beach with a bunch of seagulls hovering over his head. He'd carry a bucket with him. It was full of shrimp. As he walked along, he would take that shrimp and toss it to the seagulls. The people who saw him may have thought it was odd. The people who knew the backstory found it to be moving. See, that old man had a name. His name was Eddie Rickenbacker, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker, to be exact. He served our country faithfully as a captain in the United States Air Force. In 1942, Eddie Rickenbacker, along with seven others, were on board a B-17. At some point, things went horribly wrong. They were lost radio contact. The plane got lost. They flew around for a while, but as they began to run out of fuel, they had to put the plane down in the South Pacific Ocean. Though they survived the crash, those eight men were stranded at sea for almost a month. 
They fought the water, they fought the weather, they fought the scorching sun. But more than anything else, they fought off starvation. Every day they would set aside a certain amount of time for prayer together, asking the Lord to come and rescue them and deliver them. And then it happened. One day, about an hour after they finished praying, a lone seagull came and landed on Eddie Rickenbacker's head. He he knew that it meant food for them, if he could catch it. Then again, you ever try catching a seagull with your bare hands? Well, according to the crew, the strangest thing happened. Captain Eddie reached up to the top of his head, and he caught that bird. It was almost as though the bird had willingly just given itself up for them. They ate it and were sustained. They they took the innards and used them as bait and began to fish and and caught some fish. They survived until they were finally rescued after 24 days lost at sea. Their lives were spared and their hopes renewed because a lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, seemed to offer up its life to save them. And that's why, years ago, people would routinely see an old man with a smile on his face and a bucket in his hand tossing shrimp to seagulls. To remember that one seagull that gave itself up without a struggle, an act which ended up saving the lives of eight men, and Captain Eddie was bound and determined to show his deep gratitude. As we talked about last Sunday morning, we are living in the time in between. We're living in the time in between our Savior's first coming when he came to earth to rescue and redeem the world, to give his life on the cross and to rise again, and his second coming, which will happen on judgment day at that unknown day and hour when the Lord comes back to usher in eternity. As we wait for Christ to come again, we're not to just sit around doing nothing. There's work to be done. And the Lord chooses to carry out his good work through people like us, through his church. And so until Jesus returns again in glory and says, stop, believers will be busy with faithful service. And today's text is reminding us that we have every single reason to do just that, not because of a seagull, but because of a Savior who gave himself up without a struggle to save us. This time in between our Lord's first coming and his promised return on the last day, this, dear Christians, is a time of faithful service. And so Paul begins by saying, Therefore I urge you, brothers, believers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your appropriate worship. Now, notice that the Lord here is teaching us that there is one motive, one reason for us to spend our time in faithful service, and that is the mercies of our God. Mercy is God's compassion. Mercy is the pity pity that God has on lost and miserable sinners like us. Pity because he's seen us fighting for our lives in an ocean of sin and rebellion. And we had no hope for rescue in and of ourselves. Our souls hungered for righteousness and thirsted for some kind of hope. 
but everything seemed lost. And so in mercy, God sent us his son. If you want to see some major league mercy, just look at the cross. There is God on a cross of all places for you, for me, for the world, for the entire human race. Died for all because he loves all and was well aware that all were helpless and hopeless and doomed to hell because of our sins. And so that Christ became sin for us and died to set us free, died to forgive us. Jesus died on the cross to forgive you for every single time that you have refused to show mercy to others. Died for all of the times that we didn't beg him for mercy because we thought that we didn't really need it. Died for all of the times we tried to fool ourselves into thinking that we're so much better than all those bad sinners out there and that we don't really need pity or mercy or compassion from our God, but we do. And in Christ, that's just what we have. Please don't miss this thought. The Holy Spirit had Paul spend 11 solid chapters talking about God's grace and mercy. For for 11 chapters, Paul had written about God's marvelous plan of salvation, a plan that centered on the cross and the empty tomb. And now here he comes to Romans chapter 12, and the very first word he says is, therefore. That is a connecting word. That word in the epistles tells you, look at everything that was just said, look at everything that's about to be said, and connect them together. Because of what God did for us, therefore, Paul says, give yourselves in living service. The mercy that God has shown us, that's the gospel. And that gospel has power, and I mean real power, in your daily life, to live like the child of God that you have been made to be. God's mercy shown to you is the why behind your life of faithful service. You struggling with that? Are you missing that mercy-inspired bounce in your step? Trust me on this. The more time that you spend in the Word of God, the more time that you spend pondering the marvelous good news of the gospel, the more you take in the mercy of God, the more your desire will grow to spend your days and your moments in this time in between in faithful service to the God who has saved you. But but let's get practical. How are we going to go about that faithful service? In other words, what is it, really, that God wants from us? Well, clearly, it's not just a quick hour of worship put in because someone said you had to go to church and there, now you're done for another week. It's not doing something real quickly because you're, you're sick and tired of hearing about it. It's, it's not a quick prayer that you just rattle off without thinking, with all the concentration of, of buttering a piece of toast. No. When it comes to your Christian life, believer, it is life for life. Jesus gave us his And now we joyfully respond by giving him ours in faithful service. Notice that Paul says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Now there's a concept. 
For centuries, the people of Israel had been bringing all kinds of animals to be slain and then placed on offering, as, on offering, as offerings on the altar, sin offerings and, and guilt offerings, fellowship offerings and whole burnt offerings. Over and over again, they offered up these sacrifices and waited with, with bated breath for God to keep his promise to send them that Messiah, that Savior. Well, now Christ had come. And he was the sacrifice to end every other sacrifice. He was a once and for all sacrifice for our sin. And so instead, the Lord calls us here to offer up not dead animals, but ourselves in light of God's mercy, living sacrifices, our bodies, our all. He's saying do everything that you do, not just here in church, but when you go home and when you're at work, or when you're out in society, or when you're in the store, or when you're on a date, to do everything that you do, everything, because of the mercy that God has shown you, the kindness, the favor, the pity, the compassion. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not just your body, but your mind too. Paul uses both a negative and a positive. He says also, do not continue to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So there's his warning. Don't continue to conform to the pattern of this world. So what's the pattern of the world? It's living for the here and now only. It's living as though this life is all there is. It's being so consumed with my job or my stuff or my troubles or my daily grind that I leave no time and no priority for the things of God or the care of my eternal soul. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, to follow your desires, even if they're sinful desires, to indulge whatever you want, figuring, well, it's okay, God will forgive me anyway. No, Paul says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by taking in the gospel, by concentrating on this major league mercy that God has shown to you, by making you his own, by knowing what his word says about his will for your life, and then evaluating everything, everything in life based not on what we want, but on God's will for us, because we're grateful for the mercy he's shown us. So how do we spend our our lives in this in-between time? Our bodies as living sacrifices. Our minds transformed. A third way, verse seven, humility. The Lord says, I tell everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought. Because if you think you're great, you'll never value the mercy that God has shown you. But when you rightly see yourself, as a sinner in need of mercy, a sinner redeemed by the blood of Jesus, then you will embrace that grace and mercy that God has shown you in Christ. Give yourself in faithful service. And and finally, it means living an others-focused life. Paul says, in the same way, though we are many, we are one body in Christ, and individually, members of one another. So in these last verses of our text, Paul is urging us to take the gifts that God has given to each one of us and to put them into use in the congregation, in the body of believers, in the church, others focused. And that fits in perfectly with mercy. 
Because when he showed us mercy, God focused on our needs. So living in faithful service means using those God-given gifts and abilities for the good of the whole body of believers, not burying our talent in the ground, but while the master is away, putting those talents to work and serving him with our lives. Notice that Paul mentions here gifts of prophecy, that is sharing God's word with others, of serving, of, of teaching, of encouraging others, of, of contributing to the needs of others, of leadership, of showing mercy. Believers, we are blessed as a congregation. We have so many things that we are doing to the glory of God and so many people using gifts and we're accomplishing much by God's rich grace, but there's more we can do. So many are involved in so many wonderful ways, but are there gifts that aren't being used? Are you using your gifts to serve others in gratitude for the mercy that God has shown to you? Paul's urging us, look, don't think too highly of yourself, but then again, don't disparage or neglect the gifts that God's given you to use for the good of the body either. Look, don't, don't use those gifts because you're going to feel like a slacker if you don't pull your weight. Use them joyfully, putting them to work for others as you faithfully serve the God who has loved you and saved you. So let's not hold back. Let's give ourselves in faithful service to the Lord. Inspired by the great mercy that God has shown to you, transformed by the Holy Spirit's work inside of you to know and to do God's will, do everything that you do for him. Captain Eddie died in 1973. But while he was still alive, on a regular basis, he happily carried a bucket along the beach and tossed shrimp to a bunch of seagulls because his heart was filled with gratitude. And the image of that bird that kept them alive was burned on his memory bank. By the mercies of God. In this time in between our Lord's first coming and his glorious return on the last day, may the image of our Savior's cross, the marker of his mercy, be forever burned into our hearts and into our minds. He died that we might live. How could we ever do anything but give ourselves in faithful service? Amen. Amen.